Welcome back to KafaruCast, everyone. Today, we have a very unique and handsome man. <laughs> he is a transplant Canadian, or would it be transplant American to Canada? The one and only Jeff Lander. Hi, Jeff. Wow, that's quite the introduction. But I've lived longer in Canada than I have in the United States, so I don't even know what I am anymore. You are the crimson chin. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I am. Captain Sixpack, I remember. You said if we were going to use radios, we had to have call signs, and you got to be Captain mm-hmm. Sixpack. Yeah, it's there somewhere. <laughs> there somewhere. I can't find mine either. <laughs> uh, hey, Frank. What's yeah, up? How'd you do on 21.1? 21.1, CrossFit workout, huh? Uh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. My uh, Still healing up on the old shoulder, so, yeah. Decided there you go. to pass That's on what that. what happens. That's what CrossFit does to you. That's what I heard. Uh, Rogan had uh, Matt Frazier on last week. Did you did you listen to that? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and he said that he had he had talked to a surgeon before, and the surgeon said, uh, "Crossfitters paid for my yacht <laughs> 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 because of shoulder injuries." But yeah, uh, it's uh, that's what I said. But you guys always argue with me. That's what I'm always worried about is shoulders. I haven't had any uh, uh. any shoulder issues from working out, but. It didn't help mine. I think I think uh, Fraser brought up just a good point that it's it's pretty common for people not to um, either warm up or cool down after their workouts. So you get those uh, whatever you'd call it, like a re- repetitious injury or what is that called? Um, I don't know. Um, but it is a lot of it is a lot of repetitive, yeah, repetitive re- injury, yeah, repetitive use injury, yeah, something like that. So I don't have to worry about it because I cross fuck off. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> hey, I like your high-speed workout videos, dude. It makes it look like I'm going super fast. It's pretty impressive, yeah. Well, I was trying to uh, get away with, like, if I did a normal speed video, I'd probably get made fun of by more of my friends that like to make fun of me, and so I thought if I did it super fast, they might overlook it. It's working so far. I I, I only post about once a month the workout, so I don't get fucked with too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what I saw that was interesting the other day? Uh, Alex um, Nestor, he forwarded me a message of uh, something that somebody sent to him. It was like a, it was a guy that, you know, um, forwarded like an, an hour long Instagram live video of him working out, but it was like a not so fit guy. It was just like a. Oh, <laughs> was it Tex Grebney? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was like an hour long. I'm like, why the hell are you sending this to me? He's like, he sends it to me every day. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Mm. better than what i send to you frank yeah lander definitely sends me all of his intellectual posts yeah (laughs) there's some funny ones um i try to not um i just try to read and walk away every time and uh, every now and then though it's a little bit difficult but uh i don't know jeff did you see that um filled and stream just voted the top 25 most uh I guess it would be influential people in the outdoor industry. Yeah, I saw I saw something about that this morning. I only saw a few people that were on there. I saw that Frank's uh, love interest, uh, Outdoor Alley, is on there. Which, <laughs> yeah, that was that wow. was pretty cool. Oh, huh, Frank, I have not seen the list, but yeah, that's. Uh... I have I, I I did not make it, nor did Frank, nor did you, Jeff. We did not make it. What? Well, how valid is that? What was the uh, What was the criteria? I wonder. I don't know. Um. I uh, 
I got it from one guy, which then I knew quickly I would be getting it from multiple people. And shortly after that, next thing you know, uh, you know, there, there they were. So let's see. I don't know if it's by Field and Stream or not. So number one influencer uh, is Field and Stream. Two is Real Tree. Three is Outdoor Life. Four they made is, number one on their own list. I don't know if it's from, uh, I don't know if I read that correctly. <laughs> so I don't know if it's from Field and Stream or not. Four is Meat Eater. Five is Deer and Deer Hunting. Six is Bowhunting.com. Ducks Unlimited. Cameron Haynes. Eva Shockey. Remy Warren. Jim Shockey. Hunting Life, Go Hunt, Wired to Hunt, Elk 101, Keith Warren, Seek One, Hushin, Growing Deer TV, Big Game Hunting Blog, Outdoor Alley, Midwest Whitetail, Big Deer with Mike Hanback, Miss Pursuit, Proudly Rooted Miss Pursuit. Anyway, Morning Moss, and that's it. I hadn't heard of most of those. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty. Wow, well. I'd say a lot of those, um, I would say, say, you know, like Cam and Eva and all them, they, I'd say they probably deserve to be on that list, but there's some, a lot of those that are some somewhat questionable, I suppose. I don't know. I, um, guess the, really the reality though, is are they influencing by learning, by teaching, influencing by, uh, motivation? Um, you know, it's hard to, to quantify that. Uh, I believe there will be a list coming that is <laughs> quite comical from a few people from what I understand this morning. Frank, we might make that list. Uh, I don't know if it's what list we want to be on, but oh, that we may be on a new list. I don't know if you will, Jeff. No, I probably won't, but uh, three of those are, have me blocked, so that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. Jeff's not so active on the posting part of social media. <laughs> uh, You're more of a lurker. Well, knowing you, as long as I've known you, Jeff, and how long you've been in uh, the outdoor industry, outfitter, uh, you know, hunter, everything else, what would you say is like your most optimistic thing uh, going on in the outdoor industry right now and the most negative thing or, or maybe a couple of each? Like, what do you see? You're like, oh, that's badass. And what do you see that you're like, Jesus Christ, look how far we've fallen? That's a great question. I think the positive, I'm looking at it from the traditional community is just the, the opportunities for somebody who's new to go on there and uh, and be able to see content that that can help them, like you know, I've I've utilized it myself with uh, you know, like well yourself and Clum and and the shooting style. You know, I had to do something different to shoot, and and that has helped me. You know, myself who's been in and around a long time, you know, to kind of alter my shooting sequence so that I'm not hurting my shoulders. So stuff like that for, for new people coming in, there's so much out there. As far as the negative, man, I don't even know where to begin there, dude. I really don't. Um, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. We've talked about it a hundred times, but just kind of the landslide of, of people who, who, if they're savvy enough on social media, can really build up a following, and all of a sudden they think that what they say is, is you know, it's good most of the time. And, and yeah, so I think the downside is the instant hero worship that a lot of folks look for and survive on, if that makes sense. No, it makes, makes sense to me. I think that some people have a false, uh, like kind of present themselves maybe that, um, 
you know, they don't want to be on or they're doing it for different reasons than maybe they, you know, they are. And there's other people that are on that are definitely just trying to help people out and everybody's got their own little deal, I guess, going on. I don't think it's mutually exclusive to traditional archery. When you look at everything from photography to, uh, can you believe there's shit talkers on photography forums? How do you talk shit about taking a photo, right? Like, <laughs> but you get the same kind of crap on, on all forums and same kind of thing. Guy picks up a camera and next thing you know, two years, he's got his own YouTube page and he's an expert. And then you got guys that are hating on him for that. And same crap that happens in, in archery. The problem I'd say, not problem, but the thing that you get to see, Jeff, is, is you guide a lot of these guys and, and know them. And, and know maybe more of the true story of what goes on, and then you're stuck kind of biting your lip where you can't say anything. I mean, that's my outside perspective. Do you think that's somewhat true? Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, that goes back pre-social media. You know, some of the, the uh, guys who'd come up and, you know, like when videos were big, you know, selling VHS videos in hunting stores and stuff, like Bow Hunter and a bunch of different guys, you know, they're promoting Nikon, but as soon as the camera goes off, you know, their swaros are, are on their chest, you know, but I mean, you got to pay the bills too, I guess. And it, it's just, no one is, um, the loyalty I think in, in the outdoor in- industry is, is, you know, as solid as the next paycheck as we've seen from a variety of folks, you know, we'll go from one to the other and it doesn't matter anymore. You know, I mean, you get free stuff or whatever it's, People jump ship all the time, so um, yeah, for sure. So, how long how long have you been doing this for people that haven't listened to other podcasts we've done or followed along with with us hunting with you? How long have you been uh, you know hunting, and how long have you been outfitting and guiding? Well, the outfitting is I'm going on 26 years now. Sweet baby Jesus, Frank, you were just born. I was just a little yeah. sperm. <laughs> you could have been Frank a big one. Frank was still outside of the Rio Grande. yeah and hunting since probably 80 i think i started bull hunting in 82 and then picked up the traditional stuff in 86 so yeah it was a a very uh long process trying to figure out the first longbow i bought was an 80 pound longbow from rock miller heritage archery he's long gone now so i thought you had to have a heavy stick bow to uh go along with the you know i i mean that compound was a martin firecat with overdraw and my arrows were 20 long that was sick oh i bet yeah i bet that thing was just flinging them out there too with a 25 14 aluminum or whatever you were shooting 23 17 25 whatever yeah do you remember overdraws there yeah i caught in on the tail end of it i started shooting in the 90s so they were still, you know, out there, but not, you know, as speed came along, then the overdraws left, right? I mean, that's why people were using them to get a lighter arrow. Um, so I'm trying to think. I saw a PSE, man, I can't, Polaris maybe, that, uh, yeah, t- solid 25-inch long arrow from a guy shooting a 30-inch long draw length. Uh, it was yeah. pretty pretty crazy. Pretty dangerous, I think, but uh, you got, you know, the speed was up. So speed matters, Frank. <laughs> Lander is, is known for his, his many uh, <laughs> subliminal messages. That and his his, uh, his great advice. I think once he said, uh, "You know, guys, size doesn't matter." Or wait, what was it? Everything feels the same if you're big. 
<laughs> I do remember that, actually. Oh, yeah. Lord. While we're talking about hunting with you, what's going on in the state of Canada? What are the affairs up there? Are they going to open up the border? Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, not for a while, man. I mean, Trudeau, um, I read an article this morning where the, the U.S. is really pushing it hard to open it, mostly the, the border states. Um, our, our vaccine program up here isn't, isn't as, uh, as efficient as, as Trump's. And it is Trump's. It has nothing to do with Biden. But uh, we're just not on the same level. So they're still trying to figure out. Like there's 80-year-olds that haven't had their vaccine up here. So with that being said, no, I don't. I think it's going to be, honestly, probably June. I'm hoping for late May. I'm hoping for some in June because, I mean, I've, for personally, I've got a full slate in June. And, uh, yeah, so I'd be surprised if, if it was open by, you know, by July, I'm hoping. But, you know, still you got a lot of, like, up in the territories and the Yukon. Um, it's going to be a little tougher up there because it's it's a lot of, uh, you know, natives and and aboriginal people up there who don't want it open at all i don't even know if i can even say that anymore i, I don't even know it's politically correct anymore is that politically correct frank i don't think you should ask a mexican <laughs> sounds about right <laughs> anyway so yeah i don't know i'm been moving guys in, in in may i know a lot of outfitters are already looking at shutting down may and you know their spring bear stuff and moving guys and i've been doing the same for my early earlier may hunts but uh all i know is is that when this thing opens is that's the time to book because <laughs> for instance there's that's going to be 50 boars that, that aren't going to get shot in two years and the effect that's going to have on the calf moose is going to be in, incredible like it's really a, is going to be an issue, but from a hunter standpoint, and that's coming up for bears or sheep or whatever. There's going to be an abundance of mature animals that haven't been haven't been bothered. The time to book is, you know, if you're booking for 2022 or even 2023, you probably should do it now because I, I'm getting calls nonstop for like 22 for moose and. And bears and you know even farther out so um and then guys like lancaster my goodness the doll rams that are going to be running around up there you're going up there aren't you aaron at some point i'm supposed to yeah clay clay called yesterday but we were getting ready to go on a cat hunt um i was supposed to go this year so i think it'll be next year now i didn't recognize clay he's See, gotten skinny when you, the relational issue is all of a sudden you're back on the market and i know how that goes and you 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 know, you get rid of the uh, the excess and uh, get back to the game. So Start wearing tap-out shirts and bedazzled <laughs> jeans. <laughs> it's affliction, okay? Come on. White stitch jeans, um, flavor saver, long hair. That's what you do. <laughs> Speaking of flavor savers, uh, Schwellmeyer. What's, what's Schwellmeyer like? I've had a few people recently ask me because he's been diving in balls deep uh on some different posts uh, uh he's been a long time friend of yours what what's he like he, he's a great guy he, he is really a good dude yeah and uh he's kind of him and i are kind of like-minded in some ways and uh yeah he i saw him swinging for the hills on a couple uh 
different things, and and I just kind of smile because yeah, he likes to stir the pot a little bit. But yeah, Mark's a really good guy, really good guy. He's been stick bow hunting yeah. quite a while too, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's a good shot, and he hunts hard. He's actually coming up with me on a stone hunt in August just to come and hang out, um, hike in, and he's never been in the north, you know, in sheep country, so he wants to to go up there and you know be my sherpa which i am more than happy to have that 56 my pride is uh, as far as the hiking side of it unless i'm with you aaron and then and i really push you um but otherwise i yeah I'm like jeff slow down jeff slow down <laughs> yeah yeah that's exactly how it's done aaron every time so <laughs> i know i remember age does catch up though uh i'm starting to i got i did a little video yesterday on the um I have as many days as behind me as I have in front of me kit, which is all preventative maintenance, foam rollers and impact guns. And, uh, I'm, I'm as fast as I've ever been, but I'm certainly feeling it more and don't recover quite as quick as I was. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, all the stupid things I've done probably catch up with me in another five to 10 years, I'm sure. But yeah, it, uh, I'm, I'm definitely working, working a little bit more on flexibility, stretching and foam rolling shit like that compared to 10 years ago where I never stretched anything. So yeah. Yeah. The foam rolling is, is awesome. I mean, it's painful mostly on quads, but, uh, yeah. I mean, what are you now? You're 10 years younger than me, I think. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. 44. It'll hit you, but at least you're doing the preventative stuff. Unlike Frank, Frank just goes right into a wad, rips (laughs) it out and and, goes home. But do you still get sore, Frank from from CrossFit? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, on occasion. Yeah, I do. Um, but yeah, um, what you just said was not true, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we, I, I definitely make sure to stretch often. Um, at least try to stretch when I get into the office in the mornings a little bit and definitely warm up and try my best to cool down the cool down part. I don't always do, but, um, yeah, I think it's super important, uh, the stretching and preventative stuff. Cause as closer we get to hunting season, we ramp up the hiking and stuff. I, if I don't do the stretching and like the, um, one thing that's helped a lot is the, uh, what's that stuff called? Floss tape, floss, voodoo floss, voodoo floss tape on the, on the, uh, calves and, um, Achilles part of my lower leg there. It, it, it helps a lot. Otherwise I, I get pretty, pretty sore and fucked up. So yeah, I think it's important doing the preventative stuff now. Um, while I'm a little bit younger than you gentlemen, I, uh, I've ordered a mountain bike, uh, to do more, um, low impact cardio and less backpack cardio recently. And then it snowed four feet. So I haven't gotten to ride it yet. Yeah. You guys got crushed by the looks of it. Yeah. It was bad. I love seeing the video of Luke doing the drunk uh, snow removal. (laughs) Yeah. Like I could watch that guy all day long and, uh, yeah, he, uh, (laughs) yeah, he must be doing quite well with his podcast by the looks of it. He's kind of got a different, uh, a different angle. Um, that's one way. And to put it's always it. fun when he when he slurs and and you're you're looking at his mouth trying to read his lips, but you can't because they're so huge. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good to see that. Yeah, he's a trip. I, we were supposed to do a podcast yesterday, but he was too busy plowing, so I didn't want to slow that down. We should talk about Frank's love life a little bit. Well, well, a lot of people would like to know. Frank, what's happening? Kind of where he's at. What what's you? going on? I, I see he was shredding with her on. Uh, and that's exactly his words. I would never use that term, but uh, <laughs> shredding the you know, gnar, um, the gnar. Yeah, uh, it, it, 
awkward. Um, no, it's uh, it's going well, man. I don't know. I've been with my girlfriend for two two years now, I think. About. I met her once. Aaron met her once, twice, maybe. Um, yeah. The one time I met her was when I gave Frank a fully loaded Toyota Tacoma. So I don't know if that was part of why I got to meet her. Yeah. Uh, or what. It was, yeah, but I said, you know, you give me that, you can meet my girlfriend. <laughs> you know, That's what it felt, it felt like. Uh, and then, uh, no, we went to Amy's birthday, and um, she was there. So, yeah. No, oh, yeah, you guys did come up for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so Aaron, when, when he brings her around, what's, what's Frank? Is he kind of nervous a little bit, or is he a little bit awkward, or kind of laughing like he does? I can't say. I haven't been around enough. Um, uh, Amy and I were certain that, that Frank was afraid to bring her around Amy and I, cause uh, we met her once when we did the vehicle swap and then for the, the party. So she hasn't been in like an environment where I could say Frank changes around her or not that I've seen. Do you I, change? I just get the nervous laugh. Like you're <laughs> saying <laughs> the dolphin laugh. Yeah. He, he keeps, keeps her away from you, Aaron. I just like hearing, I just like making Frank squirm a little bit. It's, it's fun. And uh, we don't need to talk about that anymore. Frank. <laughs> See, there's that nervous laughter. <laughs> I had some of that. So uh, recently down in um, Texas, the, the the Sitka guys were down there, and they brought a film crew. And I was I was definitely nervous about my normal behavior because uh, as I explained to one of them, it's hard to turn that off when you're surrounded by people where you're constantly talking shit and nothing's really sacred uh, within reason, right? You're going to get made fun of for everything. And uh, one of them we were – uh, talking about, you know, what we were going to do. And he said, well, I'm just going to try to catch, you know, the little moments. And then the nuance. I stopped talking and looked at him and I said, just a uh, word to the wise. If you ever do any work around my crew, I would never say little moments ever again because you won't like their response. <laughs> and then I, pa- I, pa- I brought up Brad Paisley on Spotify and played little moments. And that's become his nickname. <laughs> So I'm not sure if I'll still be working with Sitka in the future after the last few days, but uh, it's hard to turn that shit-talking switch off sometimes. It's hard to, to you know, kind of transform yourself into a normal person from somebody that has to deal with Luke all the time. I would think that Sitka would pretty much let you do whatever, Aaron. I, I, I would think that you sell a lot of Sitka gear. I don't, I don't know. I like their stuff. Um you know, they got whatever. I work with Barklow a lot on uh, some of the different designs. And, yeah, he takes feedback, which is nice. And I've had really good luck with it. You know, there's tons of different camo companies out there. And my biggest push for them, I wanted more solids. Now, I mean, nothing wrong with camo. I just I like wearing solids a lot. But, yeah, it was awesome. Um, actually, the cool uh, uh, Jay Byers was down there, photographer. He was badass. He was funny in, in Barklow. And then uh, Sloan came from Yeti and brought his Can-Am, which – he let me drive around. I looked like Benjamin Button when I was done from the dust. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't good, but uh, I think I, I'm going to get a Can-Am, dude. That that thing's badass. Should they be yeah, badass? They're awesome. Uh, you uh, you graduated up to um, you're running uh, bikes up in Alberta and BC for a lot of the hunting stuff you're doing, just because they're quieter, right? The what now, Aaron? The bikes, the... e-bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, though it's it's become since you've been there, it's changed a little bit because it's become dangerous almost um because of how quiet they are and i mean you know my area as well as anyone i mean there's a lot of spots there where you don't want to come whipping around the corner like on the lower part there where you where you you know uh where cal shot his moose like i would never go down there on on an e-bike because 
it's just tight quarters and and you know the the good thing is, is that I'm the one who's usually leading and so it's usually the second or third guy that gets wiped out by a grizzly which is comforting for me you know and, and uh, when you guys were up you guys were like side by side with me we're like in formation going down the road and I kept looking at you like where where are you why are you sneaking up here next to me I need somebody to be the tail end to get smashed but but in all seriousness yeah it, it's become uh, there's a lot of places I won't go on those on those bikes just because of you know grizzlies now have been shut down four years and and there's more and more of them so yeah I did pick up a, a side by side I picked up a Honda Pioneer and I put the the quiet muffler on there that's not that they couldn't get at you in there they can but a little bit different but yeah does it so have not a hemi much. did uh yeah does it have a hemi how did you bring bring uh, any local hunters uh, last year in at all with the borders being closed down and everything, were you able to get a few lo- locals coming in? Uh, you know, most of them were friends, friends of mine that came up, and I had, I think, one guy. See, the thing is, it's kind of hard to bring BC guys in because, you know, I've had situations in the past where where guys have come and, and then they end up hunting the stuff that I've showed them. One was a guide in Alberta, who you know, an ex-guide who did that. So I'm I'm, I'm not pulling, trying to pull in any BC guys, really. Um, and I have some guys coming from Alberta this year, but you know, maybe four right now. So yeah, it's going to be a problem. I mean, last year, last fall, I noticed it on, uh, on the new road there. I don't know, any given night driving down in the fall hunting moose, I'd see, you know, six to eight black bears feeding like they do in the spring, which is just doesn't happen. You know, you don't see them like that in the fall. So I think there's going to be an issue, a big issue with, with black bears and, you know, in the community and whatever else. Because, I mean, we do take out quite a few. And they always get replaced. New ones come in, but there'll be an overabundance of them for sure. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. We, we You and I talked about it the other night. Actually, we talked about all kinds of funny different topics that we can only bring up about 10% of that conversation. But one of them was... Uh, yeah, the amount of bears and how the size of bears you're going to kill when they do open it back up, like you were saying, because, you know, people don't realize it, but if you're taking, what do you take out, 35 bears, you know, roughly a year in your area? Eh, on average, I'd say 25 to 28, somewhere in there. Yeah, so you'll have, yeah. you'll have um, you know, two full springs, it sounds like, untouched, for the, for the most part. Uh, two falls, mm-hmm. obviously, for the most part. Um, people don't realize that's, you know, that those numbers you're taking out of the, the population. I mean, that not taking that out, obviously you're not, you know, taking down the numbers. So that goes without saying, but the, um, the trophy, you know, quality and, and then also the comfort of the animal not being as nervous to come out and feed on grass. I mean, a lot of those things come into play. So, uh, just bare sightings, like, I'd go up there, like I told you, just to, to photograph by 600 milliliter, millimeter lens and just photograph bears in the road and watch Amy whack one because it'll be crazy when it does finally open. Both both numbers and size, I bet. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be it's going to be exceptional. I'm mean, I'm going back up. I think the month of May. We're doing an extension on the house. You haven't seen the new place, but uh, putting an extension off the back, which is about half done and got a bunch of work to do, but. You know, I mean, I love these bears, and it was kind of a weird thing, though. I'm still, you know, when you shoot a bear, you want to, it's not like a deer where you just throw the hide away, you know, or the majority of people do. With bears, you, 
you know, you get them tanned or doing whatever, and, you know, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to try to shoot one or two because I like the meat and to try to keep population down. But I don't even, when I hunt myself, I, I go to the adjacent outfitting area. I, I still have an issue with shooting bears in my own area. But, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. What do you, uh, what do you got plans for, you said you're going on a stone sheep hunt, aren't you? Yourself or caribou? Yeah. No, I went caribou last year. I'm going to, yeah, we're going to try to get in for stones. The last couple of years has been postponed because of, well, weather the one year. And then my dog got, got a spinal injury on our caribou hunt. So we didn't go in then. So yeah, and I'm starting to see the writing on the wall, dude. I mean, yeah, you think forever that you can go anywhere. And, you know, at my age, it's like, man, you know, it's one thing getting in there. It's another thing hunting when you're in there. So, you know, change up a few things this year and, and hopefully it'll be a little more prepared when I go in there. But yeah, sheep and then mule deer. Um, I think that's about it. I'm hoping and hoping that, that the fall is open for, for guiding. And if it's not, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people and a lot of people and some that you know that, that are, I don't know how they're going to survive, you know, this, this whole thing. Like some of my guides, they're full time mechanic or you know a nurse and i think a lot of outfitters are going to lose or have a hard time replacing their guides guides are going to be at a premium when this thing opens up you know because they they have to make money so they're doing other things so yeah it'll it'll be tight mostly for the guys up north i was going to say it seems like you know what is uh what does luke say you got to revolve to survive i believe (laughs) Uh, i think he meant evolve um the he's funny um you know going um i talked to clay a little bit yesterday he called but i was getting ready to go run down a cat and uh you know he's staying pretty active obviously going down to mexico you know things are going well but two years without bringing any income in from the guiding side of things and in one way your your area is going to be unbelievable when it reopens if you can hold on you know, that, that long, obviously. And, and what's amazing to me, it, if I'm understanding this correctly, Canadians can come to the U S whenever they want. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. But now coming back into Canada, like I'm going down over Easter and I'm going to have to do a COVID test. I've never taken, I've never had a COVID test. I'm going to have to do that before I come back through. But if you Are you going to go with the nose Canada, swab or the anal swab? Um, I can tell you after yeah, having the know. nose swab, I'd take the anal swab cause that sucked, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, I don't like to think about that and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's a, a nasal one or the one where you just spit into a cup, you know, is there one like that? No, they'd stick this giant, no. <laughs> uh, looks like something like a mini thing you'd clean your, uh, Nalgene bottle with, and then they stick it in there and spin it around in each nostril and count to 10. It's great. I've had three now. Um, I don't want to have a fourth. Well, it's going to be payback for me laughing at Luke when he went to Fight Island and they do that. I mean, I could watch that over and over again, his facial expression when it goes up that giant smash nose of his and the look he has on his face kind of half cross-eyed. It's, it, yeah, if that's what it is, then I guess that's what I'll have to get. But if you fly into Canada, you have to be quarantined three days in a government facility, which is about 2500 bucks. Wow. Roughly. And I don't know if that's changed, but that's what was going on. I know Harder got, I think he got back in before they implemented that from Mexico. But uh, Canada is just a different mindset. They love, I mean, 
yeah, what's going on right now and the control that these politicians get from this is insane. And it doesn't look like it's any different down in the States. It looks like things are scary down there right now. It is kind of amazing. You know? I mean, coincidence or not, but the moment Biden did get elected, how many different states immediately popped up with anti-predator hunting or anti-hunting? I guess, you know, the ballot box shit going on. I mean, you, you see uh, all the different states that have come up recently was immediately after Biden got elected. It's a little bit alarming because it's like, well, is it because these are going through now because the, you know, the president has changed and they feel like they can get away with it or, or what, you know, it's, it's kind of weird, uh, but there's a lot of things popping up all over. And then there was something, uh, I was reading, they were looking at banning all hunting in, uh, in, in BC, weren't they? Or in, in the NWT, something crazy. No, BC, they're pushing for, you know, all, like the predator, um, you know, cats, uh, primarily um, cougars, lynx, bobcats. Um, then they they kind of added on uh, bighorn sheep and and uh, elk, and they're trying to push it as if it's a trophy. Like people are just coming up, killing them, and, and only taking the head home, and like the meat isn't being used. It's it's you know when you have a, a population of whatever Vancouver is four million that's voting for the rest of the province and those people haven't seen a bear or a cougar or even an elk. You know, they don't know what they're voting for. You know, it's all, it's, it's not policy or not on science. And yeah, so, but man, I'll tell you, the, the Wild Sheep Foundation, NRA, all these guys, SCI, they're, they're pumping hard up here right now because it, it is an issue. It is an issue. So yeah, I don't know what's, what's going to happen there. A lot of letters, a lot of emails trying to, you know, getting on different, list and stuff against it so we'll see what happens i think i saw recently our our state here colorado um our governor implemented a uh a meat free day coming up here soon i think that's uh, march 26 or something like that recommending that we as a state avoid eating meat for that day or just like a a major slap in the face to uh like say meat ranchers you know cattle ranchers ranchers yeah you're a meat rancher, Frank. <laughs> I'm a meat harvester. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting to see. Uh, kind of sad, really, but I know a lot of a lot of ranchers were were not happy about that, and I think we might come up with a little something for that day as well. We we may have a video for that or something. Uh, did you recently watch the Frank and I on the Snyderisms video? Yeah, I did. Yeah, we got another one coming. We worked on it today. The best part was Lana watched it with me, and I wish I could have videotaped her face. It was just totally blank, like <laughs> just staring at me. Not a single. And look at me, like, what? And but you know, Lana, she's a she's a saint. different cloth than I. She's down with she's DC. Mature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's mature, and no, that was pretty. I believe what's been the feedback on that? Uh, all good. Crazy enough. We got five thumbs down on YouTube. I believe that's probably from the Mormon culture. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> not 100% sure after I said uh, my Shelby was faster than a Mormon on wedding night. I don't think that might have went over well with everyone. But I did that same drawing with you. Remember on a mule deer stock? I drew, I drew it on the ground in the middle of, uh, of uh, Alberta Prairie. <laughs> yes. And then you killed the mule deer, so whatever. I did that time. My last year up there, I did not fare so well. There's a giant buck running around with an arrow in its neck, which didn't go well. But that was a good year, um, other than, you know, whatever. I didn't kill anything. But 
Um, it wasn't a good year overall for you, I don't think. You didn't see as many bucks, but you had good success. Are you going to go out and screw around out there this spring? You know, this will be the first year I'm not going back there um, for shed hunting. Yeah, in probably 30 years. You know, with my dog being down and not able to run around and I don't know, it's just just go. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna head out there. I'll read the thousand or two thousand different uh, shed hunting sites. You know, of everyone getting after it. But uh, no, I used no, to I go be out there shed hunting all the time myself. But it's gotten so cool that it's not fun anymore. Because I used to do it just to get out, get in shape, and you know, have something to do. And <clears throat> there's a lot of participation trophy uh, people out there that take it way more serious than I do. Holy shit. Yeah. I did my first guided shed hunt in 94 and, uh, no one was doing it. And so guys would come up, we'd find, you know, 30 whitetail sheds in, in the Edmonton bow zone a day. And you'd find stuff that was, you know, five years old or whatever. No one, no one was doing it. And now you can't go anywhere without, you know, guys with the, the selfie stick and, and, as they lay and all that, which is, I guess is cool. I mean, people are getting out there, but it's become to the point now where there's seasons and there's, you know, you can't, guys are, are watching particular animals, you know, days at a time until they drop. Did you see, I don't know if Carter sent you the video. He, he had a video last week of a group of uh, mule deer. One had just one antler and he was hitting this predator call. I'm not sure why, but uh, I don't think he was coyote hunting, but, he was shed hunting, but anyway, he watched the deer lose its its uh, his, his antler, which is the first. But yeah. you think he was blowing the predator call to get the deer to run to get the antler to fall off? Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, he's super guide, right? So he he knows things that we don't and what works. But he's a good kid. He uh, he's he's surviving this thing, you know. And that's that's an example of a young, which isn't really common anymore. You know, young guys or gals who who actually save their money, you know, and their tips and stuff. And it's, and it's paid off for him. And the fact that, you know, he'll, he'll be able to survive this and, and get back to, to guiding up North. So, yeah. What do you think, I um, know. you know, you're saying this is your 26th year. What would you say your best year you've had up there was both black bear and, uh, and mule deer? Well, for black bear, ironically, it's getting better. And I think it's because we're trying to shoot, you know, the, the mature boars, and, and leaving the, like the young color phases. Like when I first started, I guess it would be 15 years ago there, BC, you know, there's maybe 10% color phase, not even. I think we're over 20 now and we're consistently killing big color phase boars, which my area is notorious for a lot of color phase, like Southern Alberta, or I'm sorry, Southern BC is, but you know, even Frank, you know, I mean, that was, that was a giant that, that Frank killed. And, uh, so I think it's getting better just because if you can actually manage bears, I mean, I've never heard of that, but, but we, we only shoot or try to shoot big mature ones. Um, so it's gotten better mule deer. It fluctuates. Hold on, Jeff. Very technical question. Who has the record smallest bear with you? Oh, <laughs> uh, Boar or sow? <laughs> sow. Uh, I would have to say probably maybe Brian Call. That one was pretty small. Who um, has the second smallest sow or boar? Mm. <laughs> You're baiting me here. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I'm just fucking yeah. around. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, move on. My bad. What does, it, ri- what does it rhyme with? You know, fluctuates, dude. Like, the zone that you hunted um, when you were last up had changed completely this year because the, the uh, keystone was going right through the middle of it. And they had let out a bunch of tags um, that that fall that you, or the November that you were there, and, and a lot of a lot of those big deer got shot. So this year when I went in there, and I was only in there for a day, I saw hundreds of deer, but probably the biggest buck I saw was maybe 150, 100, you know, 150 inches maybe. Now that was only a day, and I didn't go in really where Frank had. Uh, Frank, you remember that that big 190 inch buck that you missed three or four times? You remember that? I try to I try to forget. Yeah, that area. Good I never for bringing went up old shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Frank. You know that. Anyway, so um, but then this year down there when I was in where you killed your the zone you killed your first your big buck with with me when you and Brian were there, there were some hammers in there, like some bucks that I I mean. I haven't seen, you know, a 200-inch buck in three or four years in that particular area. And there was there was a couple of them in there. And I, I hunted the one for about eight days, and he's still living, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, it, it fluctuates in, in Alberta, like, with, with the weather and then the tags they give out for rifle hunters, the CWD stuff they're doing, which they're still, you know, it's still a pretty big issue down there. Um, and probably always will be, but yeah. So when you, when, when you're saying, you know, like it fluctuates, what would you say, uh, what's the biggest deer you've probably taken out of Alberta? Not you, well, you or anyone else. And what's the biggest deer you think has been missed? Missed? Well, I'll use myself as an example on that. Uh, I've had two, the one that would probably gross around 220. Uh, I have, uh, I had seven minutes of video of him before he came to 15 yards and I hit the fence post. Yeah, there's been a handful that have been hit and missed that were that were Boone and Crockett, which is massive for a mule deer, at least where we're at. You know, it's all pretty much open land, and, and those farmers are pretty good with giving permission to, to people. So, And it gets hit hard in the, in the rifle season. But, yeah, there's... there's um, there's some big deer there, and they come over from the, the British block, and you know, and I think that's what keeps a lot of those deer big is when they start getting shot at, they they haul and get across the river and up into the military range where they can't get touched. So I think that's our safe grace down there for you know consistently having mature deer to go after, which you're well familiar with with that military range because you glass them all the time over there. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a good area. I think you know when people. Well, we, we had a guy, we have a few tags in, in Texas down in the Davis for, for mule deer. And one of the guys we had as a client, we took off in the truck. He goes, so what, what am I looking at? Like, uh, you know, like a 190 type buck. And uh, we pretty much stopped the truck and I looked at him and said, are you out of your fucking mind? And I, I said, dude, that, that's, that's a big deer. Like, I don't even know if we have a deer that size on this ranch. I said, uh you know, this, this place we have, which is a hundred and I can't remember, 189,000 acres, maybe something like that. It's pretty big. I'm like, this place, you're going to get a lot of good opportunities. The deer aren't super skittish to shoot a buck of that caliber. just doesn't happen. So I started showing them different photos of deer I've shot, deer Frank shot. Uh, and what I've noticed is there is a 20, 30 to inch increase 
on Instagram uh, is the problem. And not this guy's fault at all, but when, when you shoot a, oh, I think I shot a deer with you that was probably in the high 150s, maybe low 160s, mid 150s, I don't know, my second year, I think. And with the right camera angle, you can make that deer look a lot you know, bigger than it is. And, and the reality is, mm-hmm. is a 165 buck is a, a damn good buck. A 185 is, is really potentially a once in a lifetime buck. And, uh, anything over 200 is in a once in several lifetimes buck. Not to say you can't kill one like that, but you know, going on one mule deer hunt a year, um, not having access to special tags or permits, you know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. they're just, it's not the, the, the number game, like, I'll, as you know, I'll shoot a 165-inch deer without blinking an eye. Um, that's a damn good buck. What, what what are your feelings on some of that? As far as? Oh, the scoring, you know, the reality of what something actually scores. When people, you know, maybe put a, a, a number in their head that's unattainable. And, like, you know, I always kind of look at age, you know. You want at least four-year-old buck. You know, the, the curve appeal, I think, is what Robbie Denny calls it, you know. Does it look like something you would like? But... The reality is somebody going on a mule deer hunt, if there's a four-and-a-half-year-old 165-inch deer, unless they're a true world-class trophy-hunting mule deer hunter, they should probably go kill it, uh, in, in my opinion. What, what, what are your thoughts on that type of stuff? I agree. I agree. And there's a lot of – and it's usually the guys that, that aren't – they have this, this idea that they're only going to shoot, you know, a 180-inch buck. Well, when you see a 160-inch buck, he, he looks big, you know, and, and, and that usually changes – as time goes, like, look at like Levi. I mean, when he was there with you, and I think he had other things going on at son's birthday or something, he got out of there, but he was totally pumped with what he shot. And, and, and you're talking about photos. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of ways to take photos. And until your buck and his buck were sitting side by side and I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, your, your buck was older and, and different look to it, but he looked a lot bigger to me. But, uh, most guys want to shoot, you know, they have this big high lofty thing of, uh, you know, I'm going to shoot a 190 and, and they've never seen one or know what a 190 class is. And, and I'm very honest with them when, when they're talking to me about it. It's like, yeah, you could go all, all fall and not see one, or you could see a couple in a day, you know, they're not everywhere and they're rare. And, uh, you know, if you're willing to hold out and wait and go home with nothing, then that's, that's your, you know, that's your deal. I mean, that's fine. And some guys do that, but most of them switch gears at about Wednesday when they realize, but how do we get close to these things? It's not a problem seeing them, getting close to them and being able to get drawn when they stand up is, is monumental and yeah, very difficult unless you're in your, in your socks and it's minus 10, like Frank, like that was impressive. (laughs) How long were you? socks in your socks on that one frank oh, gosh i don't know over an hour maybe i know it's not for me hour, dude. it was more than an hour yeah no kidding not for you snyder yeah you, yeah you don't like being cold i don't either no but i do not probably the most impressive thing frank was was watching barklow on that buck you remember that <laughs> he did not move yeah for a couple hours and i didn't know what barklow's deal was I didn't know who he I mean, really kind of what he was about. But, yeah, Barklow's a great guy. Why is it that Sitka's just getting smashed on social media, Aaron, do you think? Because uh, it's the top? Probably, yeah. I mean, some of it's the top. Some of it's certain things that they've uh, posted. And when people are looking, you know, to bash you, like I think they – I think buyers might have taken the photo of 
Mountain Goat in somebody's pack and they walk by McDonald's. Um, that kind of puts <laughs> a that. target on your head, you know, as far as um, it's good to get the point across that you, you know, uh, harvest your meat. Um, but walking in front of McDonald's, you know, is that a, a good or bad call? You know, that's not for me to decide and getting a photo. But, you know, I'd say, you know, some of that and maybe there's a few people they've picked up that were maybe not the, the best in the world. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Anytime you're at the top, you're going to get, you know, fucked with. So um, I actually got into an argument with a guy the other day about the durability of different clothing. And, and uh, to, you know, to me, um, the outer layers for, for Sitka are really tough. I've had great luck with them. And I just said, man, that, you know, Sitka's more durable. And somebody hopped on, you know, hey, you're 110% wrong. And I'm like, yeah, man, I don't really have a dog in the fight too much. I don't give a shit. I'm just telling you that. There's certain things, you know, one company might be better at one thing, one might be the other, but Sitka's pretty damn durable. A lot of it, too, is, you know, a lot of people are paid to talk about shit, so that, you know, changes things a little bit. I've just had really good luck with it. I'm friends with Barclow, and I don't know, clothing's awesome, so it's a pretty easy decision for me. Um, Frank, you wear a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, He's transgender. She's tra- trans camo. <laughs> what the fuck? Lulu yeah, Lulu. their women's line is spectacular. No, I'm just kidding. Um yeah, I've, I've had really good luck with the sickest stuff, and like you said, Barclays are a good dude, and you know I don't know him as well as you, but he uh, you know he let us stay at his house when we went hunting with with Jeff, and he's always been good to us, and I, I like to support people that support us, so I think Sicko Sicko makes some really nice stuff. Um, I have a little bit of Cryptech stuff that I like. The altitude line's pretty good, but you know I probably own more Sicko than any other camo, and. Um, I've had great luck with it, and it is super durable. And it's, I think, one thing that helps a lot is Barclow's a, you know, he's in charge of the big game, right? Yeah. He, he's a, he's an archery hunter, so um, he he thinks of things that some companies may not think of as far as you know, not only being durable but being quiet while you're on a stock stuff like that. So, you yeah. know, while we're talking about camo, I find I f- I'm finding it unique how what's going on in the industry with. Uh, anti-Second Amendment, anti-predator hunting, anti-hunting in general, I guess you could say conglomerates or uh, investment companies buying up hunting companies and people being okay with that. It's kind of crazy to me. I don't uh, get too involved in any of that, but, you know, that's happening a lot, you know, nowadays. Are you paying attention to much of that? Yeah, yeah, like the Python group or Piton group that – are you talking specifically about meat eater and, and just uh, there's four different ones I'm thinking of, but go go ahead. Yeah, no, I've yeah I've been been watching that a bit. I I haven't uh, seen any any proof of what's going on, but I, there's a lot of talk about it, you know, and going after uh, well companies like meat eater who are buying up a lot of stuff. And obviously, I got friends in 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 meat eater and and first light and whatever. And yeah, it's interesting to uh, I, I don't. I don't know enough to, to really speak on it, but it, it is a concern if it's true, you know, if it's an anti-hunting, anti-Second Amendment um, conglomerate that's buying up and has, you know, voting uh, priority in these companies. It's, it's Yeah, it's a bit of an issue. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, like, here's an article right here in a very well-known magazine. Um, Who owns Meat Eater, Inc.? Uh, Stephen Rellinella's hunting shows company has an anti-gun activist as its main investor. Hollywood producer Peter Chernin has taken a controlling share in Steve Rinella's Meat Eater, Inc. However, the acquisitions 
have sparked controversy as Chernin has always been an anti-gun activist as well as an anti-predator hunting activist. There's a lot of that kind of stuff online everywhere. It's just, it's wild. I'm kind of wondering how all that'll, you know, shake out. How far be it from me to to be a deciding factor. I'm a relative pissant in the grand scheme of things, but um, it, it is it is weird uh, how that's kind of all shaken out right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I think with is Congress bringing, I mean, aren't they coming after implementing bills that are going after like uh, uh, assault weapons and and uh, a variety of stuff. I mean, that's all coming, right? I mean, predator hunting, assault <laughs> weapons, uh, more stringent um, background checks. Uh, the predator hunting's come full swing in the last month. I think there's four different states where there's a crisis level predator potential pr- ban- banning of uh, pre- trapping, predator hunting. Uh, coyote hunting tournaments in Colorado; those are up on the board. This all happened since the uh, the new election, and so, you know, when you've spent your entire life, in your case, Jeff, working in the outdoors and and predator hunting, uh, focusing on predator management, guiding and outfitting predator hunters, you know, it's hard to to look at that and be able to overlook it or or look past it that um, the person that owns that specific company is anti pretty much everything that you've stood for your whole life. And I understand it's an investment for him, but you're still kind of feeding your beast, right? You're, 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 you're feeding the devil to a certain degree. So you, as you're promoting something that you find near and dear to your heart, you're also feeding the pockets of a guy that's donating money against it, which is, it's crazy to me, you know, looking at it, I've been researching it quite a bit. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, when I when when I dealt with Steve and, and the Meat Eater crew, obviously, I mean, all those guys, I, I mean, they're awesome. I really enjoy them, and and I like Steve's shows. They're different than than most, and you know, it is kind of worrisome to see uh, the things that are happening. Like if you go to Alberta, which you guys have been, and, and I don't know what what's the most coyotes you've seen in a day there, Frank. You kind of pay attention to coyotes, but Gosh. they're everywhere. Yeah, over ten, fifteen. Sometimes everywhere. you see a group of and, five. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then in, in BC, the wolves, you know, uh, the wolves are a contentious issue, but they're devastating as well. And you could never wipe out wolves. I mean, you couldn't. They're smarter than anything. Maybe a boar grizzly would be right there with them, but they're, they're not, unless you're, you know, they're poisoning them or something, you're never going to get rid of them. But it, it's just a hot topic, man. And it's something where, oh, you're not eating it. And I've noticed some stuff online where guys are trapping, um, uh, and, and they're coming up to the coyote on their Instagram uh, story, and the coyote's just looking at him, still alive with a, his foot in the trap. I mean, it's, I guess there's some things that fire people up, but I don't know. We're in a culture now where everything is is offensive, you know, and mostly down there. Well, up here, it's just as much, just as much. Everything. I don't know when when how is this going to end? You know, I mean, first of all. The U.S. is, you know, Biden's worried about flight suits for pregnant women. It's like, well, is there a lot of pregnant women who are flying these jets? I, I, you know, I mean, I get it. But meanwhile, China is just stacking and preparing. You know, I think we kind of lose our focus on the big scale and then down as well as in the hunting industry, too, kind of what's important and what's not. But I think hunters, by and large, are a pretty complacent group. They don't really, they want to hunt. They enjoy it. It's solitude to them and with friends, but man, still folks start rising up and you know writing their congressmen and sending these and signing these, these uh, petitions and stuff. I, 
just going to get taken away more and more. I mean, we saw it with Grizzly, but yeah, I don't know. Do you think there's a, an issue with um, hunters in some ways being uh, kind of seems like to me, at least I always notice that a lot of times people are trying to divide or categorize themselves as say archery only or rifle only guys or muzzleloader only guys. And in some ways it's just, it's you're divide, dividing the ranks to where they forget the common goal of is to have hunting rights in general. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's, I mean, Frank, you're one of my favorite rifle hunters. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm your biggest supporter. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I give you a hard time, Frank, but I care less with you, what you shoot. You're out having fun, and and yeah, there's a lot of divide going on in in in, in all ranks, in the traditional ranks. There's I've never seen it like this, you know. And 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 Aaron's the cause of some of it, right? Right, Aaron. It happens <laughs> because you know. Let's be honest. Most most of us trad guys, we're pretty happy with one or two animals a year, and even then, that's 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 a major accomplishment. And then you. You know, you're out hunting and you're a great shot and you're a good hunter and you, you, you enjoy, you know, harvesting game and eating the meat and whatever. And I'm sure you, I know you get a lot of heat. I know you do because I've had guys ask me about it. It's like, what's his deal? I said, he likes to hunt and he's a good shot. And what else is there to talk about? You know, so there's a lot of dissension amongst all, all the hunting groups. And, and again, with social media, it makes it that much easier for some basement dweller to go after people who who's you know and he's never hunted or killed anything with a bow or whatever so i don't know what the answer to that is it's, as you guys know with the social media i've been trying to to figure it out and and i can't yeah. <laughs> i'll pick the thing i started doing though is i started buying books i started buying books from like i just got one yesterday that monty browning um you know who monty browning is i do Aaron? frank yeah yeah, Frank's heard of him. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's a guy who's very quiet. I've I've met him a few times at different PBS events, and you know, he's hunted all over. Very, and he's not on social media at all. But uh, so I started. Yeah, I bought like Schaefer's book and uh, Clinky's book. Actually, I talked to Plum Senior the other day, and he had some that were at the shop that uh, Marv had, had signed. So he's sending me one, and and uh, trying to get back to reading about some of the folks that that were big, you know, 30 years ago and have faded. But I don't know if that answers your question or not, Aaron. But eh, It answers it enough. I think that, um, you know, trying to keep everybody in the same, uh, you know, boat, not shooting holes in the bottom and rowing the same way is a difficult task. And, um, you know, whether or not, like the initial question is, is an anti, um, you know, Second Amendment, anti-predator hunting, kind of an anti-hunting uh, conglomerate uh, good to have owning hunting businesses. You know, who, who am I to know? I barely graduated high school. It, it definitely raises concern, you know, for me, what direction the outdoor industry is going. But again, I, you know, over my prey grade, who am I to, to judge or say, say anything other than, you know, when people ask, I tell them what I know. And, you know, Cal, obviously, you know, from, from first light when we knew him was always a great guy. He's been a longtime friend of yours. Uh, Renella seems like a great guy. There's a good crew over there, but at a, you know, at a certain point, you kind of got to take a step back and figure out if it's okay with you or if it's not, and then, you know, move forward. And it's it's just odd to me and something I'm researching a lot in, in more and more depth, I guess. Yeah, and I'm basing, like, where I'm going with what I get and whatever as far as equipment. It, you know, I do look at that stuff, and, and 
and we've talked about this before, and, and I, I like First Light, and I was very, very loyal to First Light, mostly when Scott and Kenton owned it. Never would think of any other, other clothing because, you know, they're friends of mine, and, and not that the new guys aren't. I don't know them at all. But, and then Barklow, you, you can't find a more generous man than, than Barklow. You know, and, and yeah, it, you know, so stuff like that matters to me. I mean, like Barclow is a military guy and he, you know, he's in the know and, and he also helps with producing some pretty awesome stuff. And I've pretty much have got a lot of the Sitka stuff now and have been using it and, and really like it. Like even something as simple as a hoodie with the face mask built in, that's brilliant. <laughs> you know, you don't have to pull up anything above your face or, whatever so yeah i think we're going to see more and more of that where you know the hunting industry is going to be invaded by by non-hunters who want to make money and uh and use these people to their advantage not that swirl using uh the young lady they brought in is a real smart move at all but uh <laughs> you know teach the front, i guess yeah i would say so on that note we're at an hour and before we get ourselves in trouble we should probably get off these subjects so jeff since you're trying to become insta famous where can they find you on instagram and where can they talk to you about booking a hunt um at primitive no i between the t and the v is is instagram and uh that's probably the, the best place to uh to reach me for sure i struggle through it but uh i'm learning <laughs> oh lord well man i i appreciate you uh you coming on and and uh the fun we've had hunting together and uh, a lot of shit talking. Uh, it's it's all been great. Frank, I believe he's taught you many life lessons, uh, mostly how to oh. make nachos. <laughs> how not to listen to your guide. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait, don't shoot. What? <laughs> huh? Exactly. Uh, well, hopefully the quarter opens and we can uh, get you guys get you guys back up here. I know your opportunities have exploded, Aaron, and you're probably. I mean, you've killed everything that I offer anyway, so uh, um, whatever. But uh, I do want to come up with Amy, though. I want to. I'm going to book for for Amy the moment I can, and then uh, I obviously you are much more patient, so you you will be hand in hand helping her. I'll just be taking photos and talking shit. But um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get her up there on a spot and stock black bear hunt. And I can listen to Metallica and and have somebody who agrees with me versus Frank and NSYNC and all this other stuff. That <laughs> And yeah, no, I think Amy. I, I, yeah, I look forward to meeting meeting your bride, dude. I think her and I are from the same. Well, she's a lot younger than me, but yeah, we. <laughs> That's what Frank listens to. I listen to MJ. Oh, yeah. You know MJ. <laughs> he gets passed on Mike. Anyway. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we should go back to work. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Everybody go take a look at Primitive Outfitting. Uh, mule deer, black bear, moose. I guess a grizzly when it ever opens up again. Damn it. And, uh, yeah, super good time. So, Jeff, thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff A. Good talking to you guys, man. Keep up the good work. All right, take it easy. See you. All right, later, guys.